a listener production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Hello and welcome everybody to the latest edition of Footy Talk. I'm your host, James Graham. As always, I am joined by Greg Inglis and Connor Watson. Welcome everybody. GI, how are we going, mate? How was the camp? Camp was good. You know, it was, like I said last week, there's been plenty happening during the week, a lot of historic moments, and we get to play a game at the end of it, which was a bonus. But, you know, I got the honour on behalf of Preston to present the award to Nico. So it was good. Good way to finish it off. We, we spoke last week about it being more than a than a game. The, the week itself, did could you feel it was really impacting the community? Yeah, you know, being down there in that place in Rotorua and seeing both cultures on both sides, like I said last week, it was just fantastic to be a part of. And I'm glad I went over there for that week and just to sit around and just listen to the Maori side and Indigenous side of it. So it was really good. Yeah, nice, nice, Jay. Like we said last week, it's an important event in our calendar. And I say event, meaning more the week. It's so important that we keep this going because obviously we can lose track of culture and I think it's really important that we continue to celebrate two cultures that do so much for for our game, for our sports and the country that we live in here in Australia and New Zealand. So it's really important that we uh, we continue to celebrate that and we all learn and educate ourselves. It's um, And, and sport, sport can be the vehicle for people to be educated. Mm. You know, people say it's just a game but it's so much more than that, in my opinion. Well, it is, right, Connor? 100%. Morning, boys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I was just going to say, like, what an awesome week to watch from afar. And then, you know, there was lots of talk about people pulling out and whether the game meant as much. But honestly, that was one of the best games of footy I've watched in a long time. Like, I just couldn't take my eyes off it. It was like end-to-end, you know, try for try and then sort of come down to the last 10 minutes where I think the Indigenous All-Stars experience and X Factor probably got them over the line. So, yeah, I was really jealous that I wasn't over there with you, Greggy. We see that now as a kickoff of round one, right? Every single year since it started. But that's the start of the season when everybody looks at it. So for a first game, those boys haven't played. To run out like that for 80 minutes, it was just nonstop. Mm. And being over there and listening to the crowd, and the way those boys just played and then, like you just said, Connor, and then footy, it was just remarkable. Yeah. Really I, good. A person that's been in the press this week for perhaps the, the wrong reasons, obviously last year there was an incident with a former teammate of yours, Connor, and it's it's been rehashed. Yes. First time he's, Caelan Pong has fronted the media after the uh, infamous cubicle incident. Do you think the media has the wrong perception of Kaelin Ponga. Yeah, I do th- I do think so. I think the narrative that he doesn't care about footy, I-, I think that's unfair. You know, he's been getting hammered this week. He's probably had a big sort of six months to a year, you know, in, in regards to-, to that. And he has made his mistakes and-, and his fair share of mistakes and just being around him. And I know exactly what he's like around training, around the boys. And, you know, he's the first there, one of the hardest trainers up there at the Knights. He's made a couple of mistakes away from footy, but just speaking to him this week, I think he's in a headspace now where he's sort of grown and matured. He's realized what what he's done wasn't right. 
and just talking to him the other day, I feel like this is probably going to be Kalen's best year. Yeah, he's focused and he's ready to prove everyone wrong. Not only are we uh, a former teammate of Kalen's, you're also his, his housemate as well, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we lived together for like three years. So I might be a bit biased <laughs> coming from this, but I, I do believe, yeah, I do believe the narrative of him not caring about footy is unfair, but... You know, there is expectations on him. Obviously, he's the captain of the, of the club. You know, he knows he's he's got to be better in that sense. But I feel like he's really grown. But he hasn't had an opportunity to show anyone yet. Well, for me, that timing seems strange. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've spoken to numerous people and kind of forgot that this in- incident happened last year. And then all of a sudden, it's his first time in front of the media in one of the, the open days that like all the players do. And it got rehashed at a time where it didn't need to be. And it makes me sort of wonder about, you know, the timing of it. You know, if there's not much to talk about, trials are on. I think there's overhype of the trials, but then you've got one of the top players of our sport who's been involved in an off-field incident last year. Mm. He fronts the media the first time in preseason and it's a frenzy for him. And we can hear some of the some of the comments that were made here on Footy Talk by, by a couple of journalists now. And I'd just be interested to hear both of your reaction to these statements? The whole thing was poor. I've wanted to really uh, embrace Kalen and, and like him, and I, I still want to do that. But you see press conferences like that where you, you sort of listen to what he's saying and you're, you're questioning everything he's saying. Everything he was saying you're questioning. And he didn't convince me of anything. He admitted to me at the time that he doesn't watch rugby league. He doesn't love the game. He grew up playing all different sports. He was a golfing champion in New Zealand at a young age. He just doesn't love the game like someone that you've mentioned before, like a Boyd Cordner or a James Tedesco. He plays it because he's very good at it. So that was Wildler and Chamas speaking here on Footy Talk. Gents, what are your reaction to those those comments? Like I said before, that he doesn't love the game. I, I don't think that's true. You don't have to like watch it all the time and to, to be in love with it. But then one thing about Kalen, and this is one thing I actually really took from him when I started live, living from him was like how to go to training and, you know, get your work done and be really locked in there. But then when you get away from footy to actually get away from it, I used to be someone that would just like obsess about it and it almost drive me crazy because of it. And then like living with him, I took a bit of that. But I don't think you need to go home and be watching every game and being obsessing about it in that way. Go to training, get your work done. Like we, we would still watch footy, but we just wouldn't watch every game you know, think about it all the time. And I felt like it had me in a way better headspace than when I was just like watching footy all the time, obsessing about it. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts, Greggy? Well, I'm one to not watch a game of footy. Mm. If I was playing, say, Roosters, Bulldogs, or whoever you guys were playing for, and I played you the following week, I'll watch that game. Yeah. Would they turn around and say that I'm not in love with the game? You know? So well, you, there's you, could, a lot of, you could never say that by the, by the way you played. Yeah. And Kalen's the exact same. You know, he goes out there and he plays, but there is certain things that I know what those reporters are saying. And the day he's, he's a captain, he has a lead, and he has a lead off field, for example, as well. So, look, I wish him all the best for this year. Yeah, for me, it's the, the timing of it is strange. They've waited until now to to have this um, opportunity for get Kalen to, to front the media, what, two weeks out, a week out from the season happening, the... The timing is strange. And, you know, I think back to, to my time as a player and I was a student of the game, mm. but I know that there yeah. was other personality types and other people 
within the group or the different groups that I played for that for them, less was more because if they got bogged down in the information, they just wanted to play. And to hear Chamas' talk about how he was a golfer mm. and you know that that's what he did when he was growing up, that's a good thing because I've actually done some research. Well, I read a book about this. There's a debate. Well, there's a narrative out there that everyone needs to be a Tiger Woods. You're born and you're given the golf stick from like three months old. Well, if you look at the other side of it, so it's the Roger Federer versus Tiger Woods debate. So everybody knows Tiger Woods was given a golf stick from the age of like a week, whatever it was. Roger Federer, who is arguably one of the greatest tennis players to grace this planet, didn't start playing tennis properly until the age of 15. So I think it's the the book around why generalists triumph in a specialized world because having those skills from other walks of life and other sports actually benefit you for the sport or the walk of life that you chose to go down and, and make a, a living out of that be, that becomes your passion. But unfortunately, the Federer example doesn't get any media because, yeah, oh yeah, he started when he was 15, but oh wow, Tiger. If you want your child to do something positive in sport and become an athlete, you got to get, get them into the sport from the age of like six months, a month. Mm. And there's genuine research on this that you can see that actually the the less is more. And I found it's strange for me to actually say that because I was obsessed with the game. I was across everything that was going on in the game. I wanted to see, you know, if I was, you know, playing against South, I'd want to know every single set piece that you did, every single trick play that you had, whether or not if we kick to the right-hand side of the field or the left-hand side of the field, which if Greg Inglis is fullback, our kick plan is going to be we're going to kick right because he's not as good coming out of the, that side of the field. All kick, is that his? This is some of the detail that, that some people and some coaches go into and you've got to be across that information. When you're a coach, you're more of a man manager than you are actually teaching, teaching people football skills. Mm. So for some people, they need that information overload. That's what makes a great coach, isn't it? Yeah. So they, they know to go, Hey, Jimmy, just so you know, we're kicking right today. Yeah. You know, generally speaking, we're going to kick right on fifth tackle plays, fourth tackle plays, we're going to kick right because we're playing south and English doesn't come out of that corner as well as he does the left. Why would we give him that advantage? Mm. But other players, you just go, no, I don't need to tell you. You just got to let them play. Yeah. Yeah. For me personally, like that's my approach is I don't want to be like overloaded with thoughts and video because then I think too much. One of my best skills as a player is like my instincts and just trusting to play the game. So if I if I have too much information in my head, I'm like thinking too much about what this guy's going to do when the best thing for me personally is just to get out there and play. Like do your details early in the week, but then when it gets to like captain's run, I'm not thinking about any video that I've watched. I'm just like I've taken all of that information in at the start of the week, trust in the process, and then now I just go and play the game. Yeah, it, it's not a one-size fits all approach is it like no because like everyone like learns differently right so you see guys walk in with notepads that's filled front to back then you got like yourself for example like you said you love doing your homework with it you love those little looking out for those little trick plays that may happen myself and you we just like to do all our work during the week and come game day just play yeah it's so um, everyone's got different ways of learning yeah I think for me and looking ahead for Caelan Ponga mm. He needs to be on the field. 
and yeah. he needs to let his football do the talking. We're on footy talk, and that and that's the best thing that he can do. He had a disrupted year last year with with injury. We get the example of him in State of Origin, just how good he is on his day, and I think that's where the the frustration comes. But unfortunately, he wasn't on the field for long enough last year for Newcastle, no. and they were poor. Yeah, I think Newcastle's form will turn around if he's on the field for longer, mm. and then this noise will go away, and it will exactly be right. look at look at Kalen, just look at how relaxed he is, look yeah. at how free flowing he yeah. is. That'll be the narrative if he manages to turn that form around and Newcastle play a little better. Like it was when he started, yeah. when he was on the field. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. On to the Tigers. They have appointed new recruit Api Corosau as skipper. Obviously, again, some comments were, I believe, blown out of proportion at the back end of last year when he was celebrating with his Penrith teammates the back-to-back grand final victories. What are your thoughts on this as a as an appointment for skipper? I feel like he's he'll be a really good captain. He comes with, you know, winning back-to-back premierships, state of origin, probably their most experienced and decorated player that they've got there. And then from all reports, like uh, I'm tight with Chris Hyington and he's down there as an assistant coach now. He's just said he's been training the house down. So, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a good choice. Well, I spent some time with him at South when he was coming through. So I'm just really happy for him to come through and become that leader. He's always had that trade in him. You know, he just had to grow into it which he has. Like you said, he's always been a good trainer. That's what I was saying at South. Carried on throughout. He was pretty much the game changer when he came on for Penrith. So for him to get the captaincy at Tigers, credit to him, sticking in there, doing the hard work. Is there anyone else that they could have made captain? Like perhaps if if Bateman didn't have this police check issue and visa issue, he might have thrown his hat in the ring. But I'm looking at that group. If you write the names on a piece of paper or print them out, He's the one that stands he's stand out. To, out he's, he's the standout to lead this group. Yeah. yeah. He's an example setter. He knows what success looks like. You're hoping if you're Tim Sheens, Benji Marshall, Robbie Farah, Chris Hyington, that has a contagion effect on the rest of the group because he has been in a back-to-back premiership winning system. Let's not muck around. He's a special player, Happy Corsa. Penrith are seriously going to miss him. You, you know what it's like when you're at organizations that aren't doing well and then all of a sudden you get this player in and it's like, wow, everybody looks to him and he'll have in amongst that top 30 squad and, you know, five or six development players. They're all watching it. So it makes sense. Well, in 2014, sorry, James, I won't bring oh, it back yeah. up. Oh. <laughs> any any chance. Now, when, when Isaac Luke Bully got suspended and got out, it's like we never missed a beat. He came in as number 21 on, yeah. on game day and yeah. he just, like I said, he just brought his own playing abilities to the game and it pretty much just changed the way we played the game. He's so crafty. I think he's the craftiest hooker in the game at the moment. The way he can hop out one side, get you with his eyes, like it's, it's hard to deception. defend. It's a look, no look, look pass. Yeah. Like sometimes when you watch him, it's like, why is he doing that? <laughs> but you know what it's like as a A or B defender. Yeah. Like he stops you. Yeah. And the game, you know, it's the old cliche, the game of inches. But you can't go and put pressure on Isaiah Yo because you're concentrating too much on Happy Corsa. Yeah, and just... then you can't put inside pressure on Cleary or Luai. Mm. I think Penrith are seriously going to miss him and I think it's a great appointment. We're just going to take a quick break from Footy Talk to talk about the World Club Challenge. My old team, St. Helens, going up against the mighty Penrith Panthers. <laughs> Panthers. 
World Cup Challenge. For me, this should be hyped as the game of the year. You can be the world champions of our sport. You're old club, isn't it? It is. That's why he's so pumped. That's why. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but you're right though, Jimmy, there's not been much hype around it about this year, World Club Challenge over here. It's all been about other things, but having this game back over here, bringing a World Club Challenge back into our calendar, it should be more talked about. It, it, it definitely should. I've been a part as a fan and as a player, as an English person, I, like I loved it. And the fact that it's over here, I'm so excited for, for St. Helens and, and Penrith to talk about yourselves as world club champions. Like, yeah, it's it's pretty special to be to be premiers, but world club champions, like the best club in the world. Like that, that's it's got mass. a good ring to it. It, it, it does. Mm. And I, I'm so excited. I'm going out to the game as a fan. There's going to be 700 St. Helens fans and I'm going to be there singing with every single one of them. I I, 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 I can't wait. I, I'm genuinely <laughs> excited about this. The kickoff's been put back an hour. I'll have plenty of sunscreen on. <laughs> my, my, my voice will be tuned up and I'll be singing all the old St. Helens songs. And If yeah, it was back in the UK, would you travel back for it? It depends if uh, someone was paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to go over there for it, a gig? Yeah, oh, mate, if there was That's a gig, oh, mate, Samuel. <laughs> Samuel. But look, I think personally this is a game that should be getting more attention. Yep. I'm super excited about it. You got back-to-back premiership winners here in Penrith. You've got St. Helens who have won four championships back to back in a row. I That's was part of the crazy. Yeah, like you? for them to repeat the success that they've had. New gaffer, new coach in Paul Wellens. Imagine that your first like real game in charge of a club is the World Club Challenge. I'm so excited for the, the opportunity and... Can't say it, but... For, yeah, no, but like, <laughs> like, you, you, like, you know, there's a lot riding on this for the English Super League. Nowhere near the salary cap that we have over here, but it's an opportunity to for the St. Helens team not to just showcase what their club and their team is all about, but also the competition in general over there in the Super League. Moving on quickly to Brisbane, Kevy Walters. A deal, it looks like, will be done before the start of the season. Just as players, Connor, I'll come to you. Yep. Does it help having a, a coach that's settled and there'll be less noise around Kevy this year? Definitely. I was at the night sort of when we they moved on from uh, Nathan Brown and even if a coach isn't saying, you know, like that they're feeling the pressure from wanting to get a contract done, uh, sometimes you can just fe- feel it, right? Like I'm, I'm not saying Brownie was like that at all, but... Just that. Yes, you are. <laughs> he is. <laughs> no. There's underlining that there. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. But yeah, you can just sort of feel that a coach is, can get on edge or yeah, anything like that. And as a player, you don't really want your coach to be like that. You know, you want him to be settled and even it might not just be through the way they talk, but just through their actions. And you can just feel that sort of energy, right? So yeah, for Brisbane to, to get this done. You know, it's going to help the players. I've never been coached by Kevy, so I'm not exactly sure what he's like. Greggy, yeah, look, you have? Yeah. I think it's great for Brisbane, you know, being there as a player, winning all those premierships. And like you just said, Connor, for the playing group, just know that your coach has settled down, whether it's a two-year extension, three-year extension, whatever clause is in that. As long as he knows that and the playing group knows that that's, he's safe mm. for the time being, well, then they'll show up and play. Yeah, well, and it stops that question. Obviously, as players, each and every week, there's media opportunities. I think there's three a week as a as a player for each club. You know, and if he's off contract, you can guarantee the question will be, do you think Kevy should get an extension? So that puts all that to bed. Mm. Like, I don't believe there's a payout in there. So whether or not this extension has much merit, I don't know. But it at least stops that question. 
and for players, they want stability. They don't want to be talking about whether or not the coach is going going to get an extension. He's, uh, I think he's a he's a stand up guy, Kevy. Obviously, what he did on the field was sensational. He's obviously taken on roles with Queensland and and now Brisbane. And I think the the rugby league community as a whole wishes him all the very best and they want to see guys like him do well and whenever he's on any media opportunities he always speaks so well and mm. yeah I, I hope the, the game needs more people like him and do look you, he doesn't really take things to heart you see him have that little slide dig at Cobo yeah. last week <laughs> <laughs> you know that's just him as a person that's his personality and that's why the boys love him yeah alright boys well that's been a great episode of Footy Talk please like and subscribe on the listener app or wherever you get your podcast and uh, boys I'll uh, speak to you next week speak to you next week thank you see you boys see you lads